school districts around the country, they're grappling with a shortage of substitute teachers. 77% of district leaders and principals nationwide said they've struggled to hire enough substitute teachers this school year in a recent national survey. The pandemic, especially the recent Omicron surge, increased the need for subs, leading school administrators and political leaders to take drastic measures. New Mexico's governor has called out the National Guard just to keep the kids in the classroom. 80 guardsmen and women have volunteered to be substitute teachers. While Omicron has peaked here in our area, the need for substitute teachers is still high. So here to dig into the root causes and consequences of this is WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. Welcome back, Sarah. Hi, how you doing? Doing good. So before we talk about substitute teachers, Sarah, I, I want to address the big story on your beat today. That's the fact that on Friday, an Illinois judge ruled to halt the mask mandate for students in the state. There are some districts that are now going mask optional, but not CPS. What did CPS have to say about this? Well, even before this um, ruling came down, Chicago Public Schools said that they were going to strongly encourage um, parents and children to con- and schools to continue enforcing a mask mandate. Now, um, you know, th- they can certainly do that under this um, under this ruling that they they have that that power to to do it. The question becomes, though. You know, go, going forward, so so the, there is a question as to whether they can force the kids that are plaintiffs, and I think there's only like eight kids in Chicago Public Schools that are plaintiff to the to the suit. Um, that whether they can force them to wear masks, and um, they, I've asked them, are they forcing like today if those kids showed up to school without a mask? Did, were they forced to put one on? What, what were the consequences? And they have yet to get back to me. But I think that at the moment, that's the question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and going forward, if the if the temporary if the temporary restraining order be, you know goes continues to go forward and becomes an actual you know re- restraining that doesn't become temporary anymore, then I think that you know it's, it's going to start being okay. Logistically, what do we do um, as far as you know, can you just have some kids not wearing masks and other kids wearing masks? Yeah. And what does that create? So, Well, the, the CTU recently secured more COVID safety measures. So I imagine the union and, and many of its members, they want masking to continue. They definitely do. And I'm actually at CTU headquarters right now where there's a press conference going on. Um, and I'm, I, I have some questions about just this. Now, they did say over the weekend, the CTU, that they believe that their collective bargaining agreement um, which calls for masks in school would prevent the mask mandate from being lifted in Chicago public schools. But I also talked to the lawyer who, um, you know, brought the suit, and he said that he doesn't believe collective bargaining agreements have anything to do with whether children wear masks or not; that they only pertain to teachers. So this this could wind up being an issue, especially you know if there's if there becomes more widespread people challenging. Um, the mask mandate in Chicago. I mean, right now it's, you know, as I said, it's only eight families, so yeah. it's not um, it's not a huge deal as it is in some of the suburbs where, you know, the entire school districts decided to say right. gold mask optional. So, All right, Sarah, let, let's talk about these substitute teachers. That's uh, there's, there's a huge strain on, on staff that are, are trying to fill these vacancies when substitutes can't be found. So what have you been hearing about what that's been like? So, you know, it's interesting. In the summer of 2019, I did a story about 
how hard it was to find substitute teachers in Chicago public schools. And especially in um, some schools, in, in schools serving predominantly black students, the, there was a number of schools where half the times that they asked for a substitute, they didn't get them. Um, and then slightly better for Latino schools. And then there were some majority white schools where, you know, they were getting substitute teachers most of the time. So going into the pandemic, there's already this, this issue where, you know, it was hard for some schools to get substitute teachers in, in and in front of kids. And you even had some schools that had year-long vacancies that were not really having substitute teachers to fill those year-long vacancies. So, um, you know, you'd have like one English teacher having to teach two, two English classes, like 54 kids at a time, mm-hmm. just because there's no teacher there. So, so this was already a big problem. And then you, you know, come into the pandemic, come into a, an overall, you know, shortage of staff where people can get, you know, high paying jobs, more regular jobs. Um, and, and it's just left the school district scrambling. Give us some of the major reasons why there's been this shortage. Well, I mean, substitute teaching has never been a terribly great job. It hasn't been paid all that well, though. Um, you know, Chicago Public Schools has increased pay rates, and across the country they've had to increase pay rates and give signing bonuses and things like that. But traditionally it's sort of a, a low-paying job. And, I mean, let's, let's all face it, it's probably not necessarily a, a terribly fun job. I mean, you know, do you remember when you had a substitute teacher in your <laughs> class? I sure do. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it does become, um, you know, sometimes an issue of, of respect or, you know, it, it's just it's not so easy. So I think that the combination of poorly paid and not regular yeah. and, you know, and, and here's the thing. Um, there are some schools that have used their own budgets to hire um, what they call cadre subs. And now the school district actually has more cadre subs. And these are people who are, like, assigned to schools to fill in where they're needed. And those are the schools that have high sub-vacancy rate fills because yeah. there's always somebody, they're like somebody floating around the building to do that. But this is not, you know, overall, does every school have a, some cadre subs? And, you know, it's only those schools that, that have that extra money and maybe have a, a retired teacher who right. they could say, hey, you want to be a cadre sub, and that person, you know, is available to fill in when someone's gone. So. And, and quickly, if it's not cadre, it's a day-to-day substitute. Is that right? Right. That's right. That's right. So there's a, there's a difference. And, I mean, like cadre subs, you know, I, I believe they get benefits, and, you know, it's a full-time job, which is, you know, way different than, than um you know, substitutes who are just, you know, day-to-day. Though I do think day-to-day subs do get some benefits, and they are represented by the CTU, which has done a lot of advocacy on their part over the last couple of years. I want to bring another voice into the conversation with us, Sarah. Doris Zagul is a Chicago Teachers Union substitute delegate and a day-to-day substitute. Hi, Doris. Welcome to the show. Hi. Why did you become a substitute? Well, I had been a school librarian for 12 years, and I wanted to continue with CPS as long as I could. So I was displaced and then became a cadre, and now I'm day-to-day. I see. And so, Doris, in your case, you've got a unique situation here because you're immunocompromised, and you've been working virtually as a substitute. So what has that been like for you? Well, unfortunately, this year I have not been allowed to work virtually, I covered three days at Carnegie Elementary back in December. Other than that, I haven't. Last spring, I was virtual at Crane Medical High School. 
in the spring through June. And, you know, virtual was pretty much as if I were there. Mm -hmm. It's just the students were online. And, you know, it worked out pretty, pretty well when I was virtual. Yeah. So I wonder, because you're you're also a delegate, Doris, you hear from other substitute teachers. So what have they been saying to you about their experience working, especially right now during Omicron? Well, they've been concerned, you know, for their health because only the cadres are offered health insurance. The day-to-day subs do not have health insurance. And um, they tell me that they see people not wearing masks, students who can't keep them on. They're having to cover large numbers in the cafeteria, um, doing lots of things. They're telling me that, you know, early on they were asked in August to do uh, temperature checks or things like that or do security. They're being asked to do a lot of extra things that typically wouldn't be a sub's responsibilities. Mm. And the hiring process, that's notoriously long, right? Yeah, I've been hearing they're very slow onboarding. Like some people are waiting for months, up to six or eight months to get in. And the thing is, I mean, there were a lot of cadres who were laid off. I was laid off and lost my health insurance last June. So a lot of us are available. We could be doing this stuff. But especially for me, it's not an option. I can't go in the building and they're refusing to give me virtual work. How does that make you feel? Well, it's very frustrating because I will look online, I will see jobs, and I will call because it says they're using Google Classroom. And they're like, no, you have to come in the building even if the students are virtual at home. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. So I'm losing money and I'm paying for COBRA. That's tough. You know, overall, Doris, I wonder in in your view, what do you think the district needs to be doing to attract more substitute teachers? Well, the ones they have, not only do they need better pay, but they also need health insurance across the board. Uh, The cadres don't have full benefits. They have health insurance and they get single-day holidays paid. They don't get paid for spring break, winter break, don't have sick days. None of the subs have sick days, and this is a big issue. Um, treatment, respect is another thing, because they'll use us for various jobs like clerical, security, et cetera, et cetera. They'll put us in those vacant positions and make us cover somebody, but they're paying us sub-pay mm-hmm. when they should be paying us full-time pay. When we take over, um, you know, yeah. these are some of the big issues. It's very complex. It's not a simple, we don't have enough people and we have to hire more. We appreciate you sharing your story. That was Doris Zagul, a Chicago Teachers Union substitute delegate and day-to-day substitute. Thanks, Doris. Thank you. Still with us is WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. Sarah, you've been listening along to everything that we just heard from Doris. Very tough situation she's in there. But I want you to talk to us about the effect that this has been having on the students. Well, I mean, it's it's terrible because, I mean, a child shows up for school and there's no school. You know, there's no classes being taught. I mean, if there's a sub there, usually that sub will get lesson plans and then, you know, we'll have 
will give work to, to the kids. Um, you know, it's, it's especially detrimental when it's a long-term situation where the sub position is not filled by a long-term sub. So, I mean, when I did this story in 2019, I found a number of schools that went like an entire year without a class being taught to kids because they had no, the teacher was out and Mm -hmm. they couldn't find a teacher to fill that vacancy. There's a teacher shortage and they couldn't get a sub to fill the, the teacher vacancy. So, I mean, you know, you have a, a student, I, I talked to one mother whose child didn't get seventh grade math. Wow. Not, not, not didn't get it for a day or two, didn't get seventh grade math. Now, I mean, think about what a disadvantage that young person has. And, I mean, even for that to happen one time, that's a tragedy, yeah. you know, to me. But... You know, and then and then just this regular thing. If you go to, if you're a child and you go to school, and there's, you know, usually what happens when they can't get a sub to fill a classroom is that they will pull somebody. For example, a lot of times they pull the special education classroom assistants. Now, this is not supposed to happen, but it happens a lot. And then, you know, the the child who's supposed to get the help of the special education teacher assistant doesn't get that help that day. Yeah. So, I mean, it has a rippling effect. If you have to pull, you know, a security guard from the hallway, then that hall is not as secure that day, you know, to, to just be in that classroom because you can't have kids in a class and no adults, right? Yeah, so sure. it, just, it just has a very bad ripple effect. And, you know, actually um, CEO Martinez has talked about um, looking at some things like what Doris was talking about, you know, do we need to have health care? Do we need to have sick days? What do we need to do so that we can get these classrooms filled more regularly? You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're talking about the substitute shortage in our area with WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. Let's broaden the conversation a little bit more. Tim is a substitute teacher in the northwest suburbs. He wants to use just his first name here to keep some anonymity. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Tim, why did you become a substitute teacher? Um, I became a substitute teacher because I, um, before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of gig work. And, you know, obviously, as we know, with the pandemic, a lot of the gig work closed up because I was working in uh, theater. So a lot of the theaters closed. So um, I decided to just be a substitute teacher. Um, I've also come from a family of teachers, so I'm familiar with the education system. So I decided to take that on. And, you know, uh, it's been a great thing, you know, to replace the gig work because it's flexible where I can, if I don't have any work that day, I can call and be a, te- a substitute teacher. Yeah. And then, you know, if I have a gig, then I don't need to, then, you know, I don't take a job that day. Yeah. sounds super flexible. What is it that you like about teaching? You know, I think it's, it's fun to be a substitute teacher because you get to hear, you know, what these kids, you know, you get to hear what they say about, you know, different subjects. You know, some kids love math, some kids love history, some kids love science, and you kind of get the wide spectrum of, like, who likes what and who doesn't and try to see if you can kind of – because as a sub, you're just trying to do the lesson plans that you're given so you can try and help them along. But in some cases, you know, it's harder. Like, uh, you know, some subjects we subs may not know well. Like, for instance, say maybe a sub isn't great at science. Well, (laughs) it's going to be a challenge for us to execute – said plan because it's like uh oh how are we going to do this yeah not enough time you're just dropping in right 
Yeah, you're just dropping in. I mean, you're you you get in there. You know, school starts say seven thirty, eight thirty within that time frame. You're getting there about eight o'clock, and you're saying, okay, you know, they left you, you know, a packet of like, all right, here's the lesson plan. You know, from like eight fifty to nine twenty is this, and so on. You know, when's lunch? You know, if, you know, especially with the younger kids, because with the younger children, you have to walk them to like say you got to take them to gym or you know take them to music. So mm-hmm. the other part of it is you're learning a new school. And you, you know, you got to rely on the kids to be like, all right, well, how, uh, who can lead me? To how do I get there? Can... Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So, well, I want to get a, a better sense of the scope of, of this shortage. You work in the Northwest suburbs, as we mentioned, Tim, on average, tell me how many openings there are on a daily basis that need to be filled. A lot. Um, it changes by day. Um, you know, I've seen as high as 25 to 30, you know, and like right now, if I probably open my educational app that we have for substitute jobs, you know, there's probably, I would say the average I've seen is about at least 20 on a like busy day, but it'll go up throughout the day here. So once you get through end of the day here, like the average, like around here in the Northwest suburbs, like schools finish between 245, 345 ish. And a lot of times, you'll see those requests for a sub go up after dinner time, like between five and seven, eight o'clock, because it's a range of things, you know, a kid could get sick, you know, or the teacher doesn't feel well, mm-hmm. or, you know, they they have some, per, you know, a personal matter they need to handle. But now you throw in COVID of like, uh Oh, so someone in the house or the teacher themselves has tested positive. So then that creates a strain for them where they're like, Oh boy, I got to create a lesson plan. And the big issue with these vacancies is a lot of times they can't get people to commit to a five, like a, a multi-day run because there's just some subs that are like, look, we can do one day or mm-hmm. maybe two, but trying to get them to say, I will come do Monday through Friday as a sub, it's much harder because I see those jobs always hanging out a little more because it's someone debating, can I commit five days to, say, third grade for a whole week? Mm, interesting. So despite all this, Tim, what do you say to folks who are considering becoming a substitute? I would say absolutely do it. I mean, it's, you know, you know, besides the fact that we're talking about we need subs, it's a great thing because, you know, I, I have learned a lot of things. And, you know, being around, you know, kids of all ages, because I substitute as young as kindergarten all the way to high school. So, you know, it's kind of fun to see things through the kids eyes and like you know see what they are interested in yeah. because yeah you go in there and you're like oh man i gotta teach science or i got to you know for the sub it's like oh boy but you know some of these kids get really excited about these subjects and it's like yeah that's really really exciting and that's fun you know and you know for gig workers that are struggling right now yeah. you know that are still maybe not getting gig I'd, I'd say absolutely go get the subs license you know you can be as flexible and you know take you know help out i mean it's desperately needed i mean i've you know when i go to some schools when i do the high schools when they don't have a sub they'll just tack on listen you're two off periods i need you to go do you know french and gym yeah and i'll have like one period off the whole day because well, they just couldn't get anybody sounds frustrating but i can still hear your your passion for it uh in your voice there tim sarah as we close briefly tell us have any gains at all been made in hiring subs since the worst of omicron 
Well, the Chicago Public Schools says it's doing better. Um, you know, it's, it's it's sort of hard to tell because it's their own internal data, but they they do say that because that they've raised you know the salaries and they've offered you know some signing bonuses and things like that that they that they've been able to attract and they have a higher fill rate but you know as i said take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because we also know that you know omicron was very hard mm-hmm. and there and we also had five days of office for school that school was canceled so what if those five days they were in school there was a lot of teachers that were um positive with covid so I, I, I don't know exactly know, but I do think going forward, this whole situation has forced the school district and many school districts and, you know, perhaps the entire nation to think differently about substitute teachers and the, the vital role that they play and um, to think about how they need to, yeah. you know, be, you know, compensated. That's WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. We've also been speaking with Tim, who's a substitute teacher in the northwest suburbs. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.